Hey, Nostalgers, and welcome to the Satellite of Love. I am your host for the evening, Fernando Lau, as always, and I will be doing this episode solo. And unlike the actual Satellite of Love, no, sadly, I will not have Tom Servo or Crow T Robot on my side to help me out with any side commentary. This one I am doing all on my own. If I was in Star Wars, I'd be Han Solo in this one because I am all by myself. Now, you may be asking yourself, what happened to the missus? Well, truth be told, this movie and this series is not something that she necessarily enjoys very much. It's one of those TV shows and ideas that you have to really enjoy a concept like it in order to really like it, because I have loved this this type of dynamic ever since I was a kid. Today, we're going to be talking about the 1996 and I guess the best way to describe it is theatrical uh, movie version of Mystery Science Theater 3000, which is aptly titled Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie. Brilliant name, isn't it? Good Lord, I know. Now, we're going to talk about uh, the movie a little bit here. We're going to talk about the show somewhat, too, because I am a very longtime fan. I have been a fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000 as long as I've been a fan of professional wrestling, because I did not watch this when it came out. I, I saw it on cable, uh, probably on HBO, uh, back around 1998. So it was around the same time I was just getting into professional wrestling. And I really, really love this movie. I love the series. Um, I love some episodes a lot more than others. I personally prefer... Uh, the Mike J. Nelson episodes as opposed to the Joel Hodgson episodes. Nothing against Joel, it's just the dynamic is different. His voice is kind of nasally, so it isn't as uh, auditorially as ap- appeasing as Mike's voice for me. Uh, the relationship between the robots and Mike is a lot better for me than... the. And, and we'll talk about that in a second. But let's first talk about uh, the movie. Now, if you're not familiar with the premise of Mystery Science Theater 3000, uh, very simple concept. What it is, it's the year, in the not-too-distant future, we have uh, three, let's call them viewers, because that's exactly what they are. We have, in the first uh, few seasons of the TV show, it's Joel Hodgson, as well as Crow T. Robot and Tom Servo. Now, there is, uh, there, the dynamic of this show, the basic premise of it is, there's a character by the name of Dr. Forrester, who, what he's doing, he's trying to take over the world, just like so many of these movies slash TV shows. And his concept is, what he's going to do, is that he is going to torture all of humanity to a certain degree by showing horrible movies, and that will have him have a capability to control us as a race, as a overall population. And what he's doing is, is that he keeps on testing out different movies Every single time that we have a different episode, he's showing a different movie so that way he can try and test to see if that's the movie that will give him the success that he's looking for to take over on a global scale. Now, what he's doing is he is taking uh, a human being in the first couple of seasons by the name of Joel, who also created two robots. Now, the robots, as we mentioned before, are Crow T uh, T Robot and Tom Servo. Tom Servo, best way to describe him, looks like a floating uh, gumball machine and Crow T Robot. I guess the best way to describe him, he kind of looks like a bird, but at the same time like a bug. Because he's got like a really long... His, it, it basically like his, his face, I, I actually spoke to the person who created the puppet. Um, it was like half a bowling pin and a soap dish. And it was a whole bunch of stuff that he put together that he spray painted gold. And it, it's really, it's very cool little robot. 
Uh, but what it is is that the basic premise is, is that the Dr. Forrester is showing these movies and he keeps on submitting or subjecting, excuse me, Joel and the robots to watch these films. Now, the whole thing that happens when you're watching it is you're watching them in a movie theater, watching the movie, and all they're doing is riffing off of it. Now, I don't know if riffing was a term before this. I'm pretty sure it was. But because of this movie, I know what the term riffing is. I, this is what I do all the time when I'm watching movies. If I see something that I think is funny, I'm going to comment on it. And I think that's why I like the series so much because of that. Number one, it's a very, very funny show. Like if you can just watch the movie and pay attention to the things that they're saying and just enjoy the comedy, that is amazing. Because I would have never seen any of the movies from the TV series because none of the movies, like when they did riff tracks later on, they've done things like Sharknado 2 and The Boy in the Bubble and other, you know, other movies that I possibly could have watched. But this movie, for example, that they're doing in the movie, Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie is called This Island Earth. This Island Earth is a sci-fi movie from the 50s. Um, it basically is a story where a scientist is so brilliant on Earth that a dying alien race comes down, uh, tempts him to join their civilization and help them survive, takes them back over to their home planet because he needs to have proof that it's like, hey, you know, I want to bring you onto this planet because you guys are like my friends. But the planet's race is dying. The planet itself is dying uh, where they have this uh, group of people called the Metalunans. And basically what they're saying is, hey, we're going to go over to your planet and take over because our planet is dying and you guys are the closest to us as far as anatomy and everything like we could survive there. So we're going to take over Earth. Thanks so much, guys. Have a great day. At the end of it all, Earth is saved. We're good. We make it back. Everything is okay. That civilization has completely destroyed itself and we don't have to worry about them anymore. And that's the movie This Island Earth. Now, inside the movie... <laughs> or I guess outside of the movie, because they're watching the movie from the theater. In this one is Mike Nelson, Crow T. Robot, and Tom Servo watching the movie and throwing out random one-liners throughout the whole movie. And that's basically Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie. Now, there are other small, I guess you can call them vignettes, because they're not always in the theater. Um, when you're watching the show, because uh, this was a show, this lasted from 1988 to 1998, I believe it is. It lasted about 11 seasons, and it was on for a long time. It had Thanksgiving marathons. It was on sci-fi for years. Uh, they rebooted it not that long ago for Netflix. Didn't last as long, but, you know, it's a very cult classic following with this show. And I really enjoy the show on a different level because of the fact, like, this is pretty much what I do all the time. I sit there and I make fun of stuff. I, I, I call out things like I'd be like, wait, how is that supposed to happen? That doesn't make any sense. You know, it, it's basically what I do on uh, almost on a daily basis. Whenever I'm watching a movie, whenever I'm watching a TV show and anything comes up that I'm like, wait a minute, I have to comment on that. I do. <laughs> That's what I do. And these guys do it all the time and they do it very well because not only have they done this on television, not only have they gotten a theatrical release in theaters, of course, but in the last, I want to say maybe 10 years, uh, the guys have made something called Rift Tracks, where what they do 
is they tour around in cities and they'll pick a random movie. Uh, I, for example, I can't remember. Uh, I think one of them was like called like the horror circus or something when it was coming through Orlando at one point. But they pick a random movie and they do what they do in the show live in front of you. Except they don't have the robots. It's just the actual voice actors standing at podiums and saying random things like, oh, I didn't know that that's where I parked my car. And that's all they're doing. They're just literally riffing off of it. And I love it because I do this all the time. And it's funny because my wife's not here right now, but but I know she's going to listen to this and she's going to go, oh my God, that's where it all started from. Because I do that all the time. And it's very interesting to me that I'm not at all saying anything negative about my wife, but it's funny that she likes it when I do it, but she doesn't like it when they're doing it because she can't enjoy it the same way. And I understand because, you know, I'm me and they're them and it's a whole other different medium and everything like that. But that's what I do. I'm doing the same thing that they do. They're watching. Like, here's an example. Here's a great example. And I, and I love this. Because what I love about this movie are the little uh, visual comments that they make. For example, there's a, a great one in this film where somebody... At one point in the movie, um, the main character inside of this island Earth is called Cal, uh, Cal Needham or Cal... Something like that. His first name is Cal. So... He creates something called an interocitor, uh, which has the capability to speak with the alien race that we were talking about before, the Metalunans. And at some point, he's speaking to one of the gentlemen inside of this machine that he's built. And at one point, all you see is just his torso because it's a small visual and it's only like his chest and his head. So at one point... um, His name is Exeter. The alien's name is Exeter. He says, uh, and this is almost dialogue. He says, come, come, Dr. Meacham. Don't you want to know? A man of your curiosity doesn't want to know who I am, where I come from. And then right there before anything else is said, Tom Servo goes, if I have pants on. Like, it's so quick and so, like, you have to pay attention. But at the same time, you don't have to. Like, as long as you're, like, I think if you can halfway pay attention to the movie and the TV show... You could easily enjoy the jokes and enjoy what they're doing. Um, And especially, I'll say this, if you need like an easier time to get into Mystery Science Theater 3000 and riffing and possibly missing some dialogue because of all the back and forth and all this other stuff, the movie might be right up your alley. Because first off, the movie is 73 minutes. A normal episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000 is 90 minutes. So a little bit shorter, number one. And number two, in the theatrical release, the, the theater, the, the movie itself is slightly different than the TV show, um, mostly in the way that the jokes are delivered, because on the TV show, they might be a little bit more rapid fire, they might be a little bit quicker, there might be more jokes where they're not so concerned about the dialogue. But in this movie, they do space it out a little bit more so that way when you're in the theater or if you were in a theater watching it with like your friends, family or whoever it was, you would have the capability to sit there and be like, oh, okay, I'm hearing all the jokes. So I know what the setup is. I know what the punchline is. And I'm given a few seconds to be able to be like, yeah, I can laugh and, and bring it in. When you watch the show, it can sometimes give you that opportunity, but not all the time. Sometimes you might have joke after joke after joke after joke after joke within like a few seconds. So 
If there was dialogue going on in the background, for example, in the movie, you might miss that. Now, I will say this. There are some movies that they watch. Not Here's the thing. All the movies are pretty bad because the whole concept of it is we're just watching bad movies because that's how we're trying to take over the world. Some of the movies that they watch, even though they're not great they're still sort of watchable. That's that's the weird thing about some of the films. Like, they're not... They are pretty bad, but some of them are so bad that you're like, I could at least enjoy some of this. And and it's not weird. Like, like a great example. I'm going to talk about the show for a few moments. There's a few episodes that I love, love more than any other episodes. Um, a few of them, just to name them out there, especially if you are fans of Mystery Science Theater 3000... Because uh, then you'll absolutely understand what I'm talking about. And even if you're not, um, go go watch them. Because as long as you like people making fun of stupid shit in movies, you will like Mystery Science Theater 3000. Not just the movie, but the TV series as well. Now, um, a few of my favorites are... Um, there's uh, there's Overdrawn at the Memory Bank, which involves... Um, I was about to say Emilio Estevez, sorry. Wrong Hispanic name. Uh, Raul Julia. <laughs> uh, that's right. Uh, Gomez Adams himself was in a film, and that's no surprise because you know th- there's always going to be like one or two films that you do that may not be the greatest film in the world, and maybe a B movie or a C movie or a D movie. Um, in this one, this was Raul Julia's for that one. It's called Overdrawn at the Memory Bank, and it's it's a ri- really ridiculous concept, but legitimately because of the fact that I'm watching it with. The guys uh, from the Satellite of Love, Mystery Science Theater 3000 cast, I enjoyed the episode that much more because it feels like I'm sitting, even though I'm sitting, I could be sitting in a room by myself watching it somewhere. And because they're there, I feel like I'm not by myself. And it's, and it's kind of cool because I don't have to be the one that makes fun of it because often at times they're the ones saying the thing that I was, there've been so many times where I'm watching it and I'm about to say something in my head and one of the characters say it first and I'm like, oh my God, yes, thank you that you pointed that out. Like it, it, it feels cool because it, it, in a way it's kind of like being there with like like-minded dickheads that go to the movies in that respect. Um, like, like I'm the person that, like, when I go to the movies, like, I might watch something and, like, let's just say Ben Affleck is in it. I'll be like, okay, Batman, like, calm down. Like, you know, I might make other references to other things they've done or, you know, just anything in that respect. And that's what I love about Mystery Science Theater 3000, that there are so many times where they'll make a joke that is a reference to something or someone else. And if you know what the reference is, it's like a goddamn present. Like, it's so good. Um, there, there are other movies as well that I've watched, well, episodes that I've watched as well that I like. There's Escape 2000, um, which is a really weird movie. Like, it, it, it itself is a weird movie, but I really enjoy it for the, the guys that, that they riff on it. Now, there, there are some, most of the movies are not, like, great movies by any means or stretch of the imagination. But because you're watching it with these guys and they're just sitting there... And making fun of it all, it makes it so much better. Just because of the fact that, like, how many times have you gone to the movies, for example, or you've watched something, and you and you in your head have something that you're like, no way, that's not, get the hell out, F you, no, no. And you want to say it out loud, but you don't, for example. Like, there, there are so many, 
like there are so many things that I've done at the movies or I've seen at the movies that I think is funny. One of my favorite ones I love the most. Um, so I go to the theater to watch The Conjuring. Um, and, and it's so funny because I, I love horror movies. I've said it before. Um, I love horror movies. And when I go to see The Conjuring, there's um, there's only like maybe like eight people in the theater at this time. And this was after like it being out for like only a week. But I went during the day. So, you know, it is what it is. But there were only a few people there. And I think that's what made it that much better. Because I was sitting maybe... If you're in the movie theater, it's like the first five rows in the front, but it was still a good positioned seat that I had. So I still had everything. I didn't have to like crank my neck or anything. And in the row right in front of me, maybe like four seats over to the right uh, were a couple that were there. I'm I'm assuming they were a couple because they were there together and they're watching the movie and we get to a part uh, I can't remember exactly what it was in The Conjuring. I think it might have been like there's a scene where like a person who is clearly hung from the ceiling and you see it from like a lower position. So you only see like their legs uh, starts to like turn from like back toward the person to front toward the person and it comes toward them. Um, when it's starting to turn, there are two people that are in that row in front of me. And I, and I love telling the story because it's so funny. All I hear them saying is, I know, I know, I know. And it's so funny to me because I'm sitting there going, did you not know what this movie was? Like, I mean, I, I'll accept that maybe you walked in and you were just like, oh, The Conjuring. Sure, I haven't seen that one. Don't, don't Let's not even look it up, Greg. Let's just go in there and watch it. Because if it's in theaters, it's got to be pretty good, right? <clears throat> like, they, and I'm sure, that, and, and that's my point. Like, it's little things like that that I love. Like, I love... And and this goes right back into it with Rocky Horror Picture Show. I love the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I the movie itself is nothing fantastic. It's an okay movie. If you've ever seen it, you know what I'm talking about. But what makes the movie for me are the the callbacks, the references, the jokes that you make. Because if you've never been to a Rocky Horror Picture Show live show, first off, you should. If you're really into like having a crazy fun time and you don't mind possibly getting embarrassed and things like sex, drugs, rock and roll, you know, speed, weed, birth control doesn't bother you at all. Like, cause it's a really messed up movie. Like the movie itself has to deal with, uh, murder, cannibalism, uh, transsexuals, gay sex, straight sex, uh, you know, everything, everything. It is, it is by far one of the most like out there movies in that respect. And it's a musical. Um, but what's awesome is if you go to the live show, there is a shadow cast that will perform the movie in front of you, but they might do things exaggeratively. Like they might take out a really, like in one theater show that I saw, uh, they would take out a giant, like six foot inflatable penis because again, this is a movie where they're like, let your freak flag fly. You know, they're, they're not at all worried about it. Like if you, they, they encourage it, but not to the point where you're like, you're being like purposely disruptive. Like, they sell prop bags where you could do things like um, some places will give toast where they say, hey, a toast, and you throw toast. 
you know, uh, when there's a when there's a, a party, for example, they might have like noisemakers or confetti, and you know, it's and you get to make noise and throw confetti like you're one of the party goers, or you know, like if you're one of the uh, the unconventional conventionals in that situation. It's it's an amazing movie. It's a lot of fun. What's a lot of what's more fun to me is just hearing where people go with their thoughts with things. Because there have been times, like, I've seen the movie live over a hundred times in theaters. I've seen it a lot with my best friend, Janae. And I, I, I'm pretty sure that if I, whenever I do the Rocky Horror Picture Show review, I'm going to have to bring her in there. Because she's the person that I've gone to almost every single showing of it. Like, the, like if I've seen it a thousand times, 997 of those times were with her. Um, you know, we, we saw it. My favorite time that I ever saw, and I know I'm talking about Rocky Horror Picture Show a lot. I'm going to go back to Mystery Science, but my favorite time was when we saw it in the back of a sex theater in Las Vegas. Just to give you an example of the kind of shit that I love. And I love stuff like that. I love riffing. I love, I'm, I'm an improviser, you know? So I'm, I'm always like, I don't know if other improvisers are like this, but I'm always constantly like thinking about different things. Like, I might think of things in a different way than you might have been thinking about it. Like a great example at my old job, um, and this is what I mean by it, because all of a sudden this happened almost like in perfect succession. Um, We had a gentleman that was working there, and he always walked around with these really fancy bow ties. So one day that he wasn't working there, there was myself and two of my coworkers, we were talking about him for for a second. And... One of us said, oh, uh, I like the fact that he, that, you know, he sells bows. Like the bows that he has, he sells himself. And what was funny was like one of our guys, the, the, other, the next guy that was in the conversation goes, oh, you mean bow ties? No, I thought you meant bows like in like the bow speaker system. And then without almost hesitation, I go, oh, it's a good thing you thought that because what I thought it was was like Donatello's staff, you know, a bow. I thought that he sold just long sticks and I was like, what the fuck? They're really nice. And that's what I love. I love that quick wittedness. I love the fast paced comedy. That's a big reason why I love and I'm forever an, an improviser at all times because I love thinking outside of the box because I love thinking six steps ahead because I love to see the world from a different aspect because there are certain times that you could see something from one point of view and you'll be like, oh, okay. But then you see it from another point of view and you might enjoy it. Like, here's a great example. And again, I'll get back to the movie. Um, I did not like Iggy Azalea's Fancy when it came out. But after Weird Al Yankovic did uh, Handy... I enjoyed her movie a, a song a little bit more because the, he made it enjoyable for me. So when I went back to it, I didn't hate it as much. I know it sounds kind of weird, but it's the same thing with Mystery Science Theater 3000. All of these movies that they're showing, they may not, they're by no means great movies. Again, in Rift Tracks, they've done Sharknado 2. Just to give you a movie that you've probably either seen or know about, so you can know the caliber and the quality of, of movie that these guys make fun of. So, um, and, and just to give you a couple of examples of other movies that they've had, they've had stuff like giant praying mantises and grasshoppers trying to take over the world. Um, a, a lot of stuff with aliens, um, one with Kathy Ireland, where she goes almost to like the center of the earth and she meets like a different group of people. There, there's a lot of different movies out there that they have done that it's like, what the hell is this movie? And not even that, there's some that you watch it and you go, okay, seriously, I can't really describe what's going on because it's so like 
weird, but at the same time, interesting. Like, um, there's, there's one, <laughs> there's one movie that, that they do, um, I'm trying to remember that it's called um, Merlin's Shop of Mysteries or something like that, where the story of it is, is that it's Ernest Borgnine telling stories to his grandkid. And the stories are like stupid stories about Merlin, the Merlin. And he's got his own magic shop in modern day times. And it's just him getting into little misadventures from the shit in the shop. Mm, excuse me. Sorry, I had a small case of the hiccup there uh, from his stuff from his shop. And and that's my point. There are some movies that you watch it and you go, okay, this is clearly not something I would normally watch. This is something that it, daytime TV movies. A lot of these are daytime TV movies. And you can clearly see it because there are times where it's like the movie will clearly show where the 30 minute mark ended or, or whatever that would end that episode. And it would come to the next. And you clearly know it's supposed to be a TV movie. You could tell it is. There's a lot of them that are like that on here. They're just movies that like you would probably never watch under normal circumstances unless you're really into those kind of movies that nobody really sits there. And, like most people, I'll say this, there's a movie by Jim Varney. It was one of his first movies and most people don't know about it because it's not an earnest movie. Like that's what I'm referring to in that respect. These are movies that like you might've seen, but you probably wouldn't have because you're like, what the hell am I watching? And you would have turned on to something else. Like this probably would have been on in the middle of the day you would have been watching it on one of the local television networks or something like that, and you would have probably switched it over to something like a Judge Judy or something in the middle of the day because you're like, what the hell is this? I can watch other programs. But that's not Mystery Science Theater 3000 to me. Um, it is to a lot of people because a lot of people don't like the, the – the, like they do love the concept, but like for example, my wife has said like she can't watch – them making fun of movies that she herself would not watch. Like the fact that, for example, in the movie, the Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie, they're watching This Island Earth from 1955. My wife would probably have never watched this movie under normal circumstances. But when I told her, oh, they've done things like Sharknado 2, she's like, see, that's a movie that I would watch them make fun of. Because I've seen that movie, I would have watched that movie, and that's a movie that I would like them to make fun of in that respect. So there are some movies that they do make fun of that you might actually sit out there. If you're more of like like my wife and you're like, I have to watch something that I would actually watch as well, go check out Rift Tracks. Because granted, a lot of the movies that they do in Rift Tracks are almost as vague sometimes as the movies that they do in Mystery Science Theater 3000. But it's a little bit more modernized. Some of the movies are a little bit more up to date in that respect, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, but they also have more current jokes. Like there's one movie, I can't remember exactly which one's the name of it right now off the top of my head. But the basic premise of it is, is that a gentleman makes an airplane that he can use to travel through time. And then he sells it to a major corporation and the corporation uh, uses it for their own uh, volition. And then when the guy who made the original plane goes into the future again, he says, holy shit, something changed. What changed? Oh, it's these guys. You know, it's one of those movies, for example. But they did that one in Mystery Science Theater 3000. Then they did it again, uh, maybe about five, ten years ago, if even that, because I don't know exactly how long Rift Tracks has been going around in that respect. Um, but one thing that they do, they did do is they did that, but then they brought 
more modernized jokes to it. And not only that, but they also gave it just newer jokes, which not that they were not good enough at the time, but that with time passing, the popularity of certain things might have come up. Like, for example, there's one character in that same movie who, in a way, kind of looks like Paul Bearer from the WWF. Back in the original movie, they never made a reference to it. But then when they're doing the live riff tracks thing, um, the gentleman shows up in the movie and Tom Servo goes, I have to manage the Undertaker. And it was so good because he looked just like Paul Bearer in that shot. And the moment that that happened, ladies and gentlemen, I lost it laughing so hard. And I have seen that episode probably a dozen times. Every Mike J. Nelson episode that has been available online, uh, through Pluto TV, through wherever it might be, I have seen every single Mike J. Nelson episode. So I got to say, I, and at least a good maybe like 10 to 12 times, because I've been watching this show for at least a good, almost regularly for like the last decade. When I saw the movie, I didn't know what the movie was. I knew I, I didn't even know there was a TV show. The first time I saw the movie. I saw the movie when I was 14. I happened to be scrolling across my television. Because back then, unlike now, back then, there were no little things that gave you a little preview while you're scrolling through the channels to tell you, hey, this is what's on. You just literally, yeah, kids, I know. You turned the TV to find out what was on the other channel. Holy shit, how did we make it out of there alive? I know, right? It's crazy. It's crazy. But we did it, and we're a much stronger generation for it. Don't worry. We made those sacrifices, so you don't have to. You're welcome. <laughs> but I, 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 the, the movie itself is just, it's, it's really funny. The, the movie I love, and by the way, I almost forgot to mention, and it's one of my, uh, it's one of those jokes that the moment, it gives you an example of what the movie is all about. The moment the movie comes in, like you're actually in the theater watching the movie, it's of course a universal picture. Surprise, like I've said, <laughs> I'm, I'm beginning to realize more and more how many movies I like that are happen to be universal pictures. Universal will never leave my life. I've already come to that decision. It's ingrained in my body and in my DNA. Uh, but it's a universal international pictures. That's what it's uh, credited as. And one of the first things that they say is, doesn't the fact that it's universal make it international? And it's funny because you go, huh, never thought about that. Would have probably never thought of it watching it. But there have been movies that like, for example, and going back to it, Rocky Horror Picture Show. <clears throat> I probably would have not seen the movie when I did under normal circumstances. If you, I mean, I would have because I was into musicals and I was into like weird stuff with weird characters. But under normal circumstances, I might not have gone to go watch that movie if I wasn't into strange and un unusual things, to quote Winona Ryder. You know, um, but I do love this movie. It's so out there. It's so quick. It's so like it, it, it sounds kind of weird, but like rewatching it, it's almost like I'm watching myself learn how to be me. Like, I know it sounds kind of weird, but like I'm so even when I'm not watching shit, something could happen just randomly somewhere or somebody will say something and I'll say something to jump on it and it'll be funny. Like this, this movie, this series, this everything, this brand helped me so much of being like a quick-witted, smart-ass son of a bitch. And 
I know that a lot of people that I know are like, yeah, that's totally him. And, and I'm sure some of you guys have probably heard that too, because there are so many times where like my wife and I will sit there and we'll legitimately riff. Like we will just sit there and say, hey, what about this? And then go into this and then that and then that. It's happened so many times. And it, because of that dynamic, it's exactly why people like my wife, um, I always have been attracted to as far as personality goes. Like I've always said one thing. If you can keep up, we can be best friends. And a lot of people have gone, well, what do you mean by keep up? And at that point, I say, sorry, that just shows we can't be best friends. Because if you know, you don't have to ask. And trust me, you'll know because you'll be like, okay, I can keep up. You know? And it's really interesting because if you explain that to most people, people might be like, yeah, I get it. But like sometimes they'd be like, I don't get it. That doesn't make sense. Explain more about what you mean by keeping up. It's one of those things that you can't, you can't explain further. It's like you can't teach someone to love, they just have to love, if that makes sense. Like, it's just something that is innate in a way. And I, I love this movie. I love this movie very much. I want to get legitimately a tattoo of this movie. What I want, and I'll even give the idea, it's, it's literally just the, what it is, is when you're watching uh, the show or the movie, uh, the way that it's shot is that you're watching, like, let's just say you're watching a movie on a regular screen, but on the bottom, let's say, 10th of the screen, there's a, 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 row, a theater uh, seated row, and the three of them are seated more close to the uh, right side where they're just sitting there watching the movie. And I want to get a tattoo of them in that row making fun of one of my tattoos. Like, I think that's going to be so ridiculous because number one, it's a tattoo of them doing what they do. And number two, it's a tattoo of them making fun of one of my tattoos. Like, that's how much of a nerd I am with this show. I really love this show. I think it's hilarious. I think it's very well written. Oh, and I didn't even mention um, the other uh, cast of characters. Now, each of the puppets, Tom Servo is voiced by Kevin Murphy, uh, and the uh, Crow T robot is, and I, if I mispronounce his name, I do apologize. I believe it's Trace Bellew. Um, it's B-E-A-U-L-I-E-U. I can never really pronounce his name too well. And I and, and Mike J. Nelson. I love Mike J. Nelson a lot more than Joel. Um, don't get me wrong, I, I, I have seen uh the original series with Joel. I just I can't it, it might be that uh, there are one or two movies that I do like, but as a whole, I can almost pick up any movie with Mike Nelson in it and I'll enjoy it. I cannot say the same thing about Joel. And it's so funny because there are so, excuse me. Ooh, I am so sorry. There are so many fans of the movie and fans of the TV show that have gone on message boards and said, this is why Joel is better than Mike and vice versa. Uh, you know, I used to do a lot of, uh, I, I don't know about you guys out there. But what I do every once in a while is I might look up like a TV show or a movie or something that I like and just do research on it. Just read up things like this is what happened on set and, you know, the things you didn't know about. And I love uh, stuff like that. And, and it goes as well with Mystery Science Theater 3000 because, number one, this show's been around – was around for at least 10 years. Number two, it had two different main characters that were the human characters – and they were almost split apart right down the middle because they both got at least five seasons. Only one of them got an actual theatrical release, which is Mike. Uh, but they both were on there for about half the show. Uh, they both were writers on the show, even when they weren't on screen. 
So they had a big uh, overall impact on the the show, the dynamic, everything of it. I just I think that it's it's little things by comparison. Now Joel is the creator of Tom and uh, Crow. And I feel like because of their dynamic, Crow and Tom treat them more as a father, which is fine. But then when Mike comes in, they treat him more like a best buddy that they went to college with. And and, and we get certain things like, for example, I don't remember any episode with Joel where the robots might have argued with him to the point that they might have had like a physical comedy moment where like maybe Mike might have thrown Crow or Tom, for example, because that's happened in an episode or things of that nature. That wouldn't have happened with Joel because Joel is their father, their creator, and they respected him on a different level. So the camaraderie between the three of them is a different type of camaraderie as opposed to the relationship with Mike. Um, I also don't know. I, I also say that the movies that they choose for Mike I like a little bit more. I, I don't know if it's the comedic timing and style of the three of them when it's Mike as opposed to when it's Joel. I don't know if it's the movies that they choose or a combination of both. But something about Mike in that equation makes it that much more enjoyable to me than Joel. Like, I will say this, I, and I might have mentioned it for a second. I never watched the show or knew of the show when I watched the movie. Like, I, when I watched the movie, I knew of the movie, I've referenced it, but I had never known that it was a TV show because I wasn't watching this show. I watched the movie because I flipped through it and I saw this and I was like, oh, this looks interesting. So I sat there and I watched and I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it so much to the point that I was eating, I even remember this distinctly, I was eating some food, I was eating rice uh, while I was watching it, and at one point I laughed and I laughed so hard that a grain of rice got stuck in my nasal cavity for like two, three days. Um, so just giving you an idea as to how much that movie made me laugh. And it still makes me laugh because uh, here's the thing. I, I still laugh at the movie, but I've watched it so much and I've memorized the riffs so much that it doesn't really make me laugh anymore because it's not anything new to me. But I can still laugh because it's an enjoyable moment or an enjoyable line or something that it actually is still funny after all these years. And I, I, I didn't start to watch the show itself until maybe about a decade ago. I would say that because I know that I saw the movie, like I said, randomly on HBO a couple times. And that's how I knew about it. That's how I fell in love with it back in the late 90s, early 2000s. But it wasn't until maybe the last 10 years that I actually that I actually sat there and actually looked for the show because I didn't know technically I, I knew at one point it was a show in my 20s, but I'd never sat there and I went, oh, let me go look it up because I know that I'd seen a couple of episodes here and there played on sci fi because, like I said earlier, they would have Turkey Day Thanksgiving marathons where they would play nothing but Mystery Science Theater 3000 all day on sci fi, which was great if you were a fan. Whew, you were you were good for an entire 24 hours. But I didn't watch it as regularly because by the time it was uh, going off the air, as far as I can recall, I might have just started getting into it. And back then, unless you bought DVDs or recorded or downloaded illegally, things that were on in the 90s, you might not have seen again until maybe like the later 2000s. 
And that's what happened with me. I didn't start watching the show itself until maybe like 2010. And I've seen every single one of the episodes that were available that I've seen. I know there's a few that I haven't seen. But that might be like a handful, if even that. Like, just just being honest, because I've seen whatever is available. And, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've watched anything and all stuff that's available. If it's out there, I can, I've seen it. And there might be one or two episodes that it's like, well, good luck finding it. Because every time we try to find the file, it's never available. So, you know, it's one of those situations. But I legitimately do love this show. I love the movie. I think the dynamic of it is great. It's exactly what I do on a normal basis. I sit there and I just go, what the F? And I have to comment. Because a, because a stupid, ridiculous mind like mine <laughs> that is always like on go, like what, you know, where can we go with this? How far can we go with this? What's the next step in this joke or this path that we're going? My mind is already ahead of it. So it works for me with that because these guys are doing the job for me. Like, if you watch this and you can legitimately watch every single episode, you'll probably get to know me a little bit more. Because you'll watch this and go, I can see why he loves this movie. Because he is this movie. <laughs> like, there are certain things that you'll look at and you'll be like, yep, that, mm-hmm, that's, that's Fern right to the T. He is doing that shit all the time. My wife has even told me that sometimes I talk too much while watching television and movies and stuff like that. And I know. Because look at me, I'm, I've been talking for 40 minutes, almost nonstop, about a movie and a television show that's been around for probably older than some people who listen to this. I don't know how old all of you are, but the movie is 24 years old at this time. You might be just getting into college, and you might be listening to this podcast on your way to your campus, and you're like, huh, what the hell is that? I've never heard of I know about the new one with Jonah, but I don't know about this one with Mike and Joel. Who the hell is he talking about? Go look it up. It's online. It's on Pluto TV. Uh, you know, go check it out. There's a lot of places that you could find it. Enjoy the show. It's a really fun time. And it's one of those shows, and I'll, before I wrap this up, that I can say that you can have it playing in the background and halfway pay attention to it and not halfway pay attention to it. And every once in a while, somebody might just sit there and actually watch it without even paying it. Because you know how it is. Sometimes you'll be in a conversation and TV will be on in the background. But then all of a sudden somebody goes, oh, nip slip. And you go, wait, what? I was all of a sudden stopped in this conversation. And that was the word that caught my attention right from the television. You might have that randomly with this because sometimes you'll just sit there and all of a sudden like somebody's dog will show up and you'll be like, oh my God, it's Cujo. And you'll be like, what the hell? Like you, you weren't expecting to hear anything of that nature, but it shows up and you're like, okay. <laughs> but legit, go check out the show. If you've never seen it, please go check it out. This is actually one of those shows that I would recommend. This is probably, even though I don't like every single episode, because again, I'm not a big fan of the first five seasons with Joel, but this is one of those shows that I legitimately would recommend people to go watch. There are certain shows that I've watched almost, I've watched every single episode of that I love very much. And I could sit there and I can play trivia games and talk to you about it and talk about this episode and that episode. Uh, A great example of it is Married with Children. I have seen every single episode of Married with Children. Yes, every episode for those of you that are out there. Because sometimes I've said that to Married with Children fans and they go, really? All of them? Because there's a lost episode. I go, oh yes, seen that one too. Don't worry. I, to the point, I enjoyed the show so much. I had the DVD box sets and I don't do that anymore. 
but even to the point that I owned them all and I watched it so much and I recognized one thing that they do and I found out about this. Uh, after season three on the DVDs, the love and marriage theme song from Frank Sinatra is played into like a cheap MIDI version of it because they didn't want to pay for the rights for that song anymore after season three. So if you got like the first three seasons from the original release, you got the Frank Sinatra. For Onward, you got some sort of cheap elevator music version of that song. Just giving you an example of one thing that I know about Married with Children. I'm a very big fan of it. I enjoyed it very much. I watched it all the time on TBS because they played like six hours of it every single day for like six days a week. Like the way they play Friends now is how they play. uh, They used to play Married with Children to the point where like if you watch an episode of Friends today, if you wait like maybe another two weeks, it'll be on again because they've probably gone through all 300 and whatever fucking episodes again because of its rotation. But go out, watch Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's legitimately funny. I I will say this, you may not be a fan of it right away. Give it a little bit of time. You might enjoy it. If not, it's cool because, again, I know that this is a very specific style that might not be for everybody's liking. But if you're like me, if you like improv, if you like quick-witted, smart-ass comments, if you're the type of person that would watch a movie and make – like, if you're like Deadpool – Like a great example, one of my buddies at my old job was like, man, I watched Deadpool recently and you are Deadpool. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? Because I hadn't seen the movie yet. And he goes, go watch it. You'll know what I'm talking about. And specifically the scene that I referenced so much that I get what he meant by that. I was like, I came back to work like the next day after I watched it and I go, okay, I get what you mean. He goes, oh, really? I go, yeah. I was like, it's the scene where Colossus takes Deadpool by the, by the hand and goes, oh, we're going to go see the professor. And he goes, Stuart or McAvoy? I keep getting the timelines confused. And I applauded that joke because I was like, yes, that sounds like a joke I would have made. I make jokes like that all the time. And the moment I saw that, I was like, okay, now I get why (laughs) my buddy at work said, yeah, you're Deadpool. Like, holy shit, you're Deadpool. Like he looked at me and he goes, I have heard you say shit like that all the time because you'll say things that are like you if you get the reference you're like oh shit that's brilliant and he's like that's how deadpool was for me and that's how you are and i was like oh like that's the that's one of the nicest compliments i ever got by the way one of the nicest that i'm very much like deadpool i would be happy to be anything close to ryan reynolds (laughs) get me that much closer to voicing don't and we'll be happy By the way, go check out Don't, really fun game show. But on that note, we will be wrapping it up for today's episode. Today we have spoken of Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie, or if you like to shorten it, MST3K, the movie. Now, I would like to just say thank you again so much for listening to our podcast. That was Now That's Nostalgic. On the next episode, my wife will be back. You will hear another friendly voice coming in. And the next movie we will be doing, oh my God, it is such a treat. Now, I'm going to build up on this movie first off because I want to talk about it because this is a big one for me. (laughs) I don't think it's number one. I can't say it's number one, but man, is it a really good competitor. Now, this is a movie that I can say without question, I have seen every single year since it came out. Now, you might be saying to yourself, what the hell movie is he talking about that he watches it only once a year? 
It's not that I only watch it once a year. It's that it comes on every single year at a specific time. Now you're sitting there and thinking to yourself, what kind of movie could he be talking about? Is he talking about a Christmas movie? Because that's a movie that comes on. Is he talking about a Christmas story? Is he talking about Jingle All the Way? Home Alone. What is he talking? Is he talking Halloween? Because that always comes up at Halloween because it's named after the damn holiday. Does he talk about Groundhog's Day? What is he talking about Star Wars for May the 5th? What is he talking about? Well, nostalgias. The movie we will be reviewing next is a movie that every time I've ever mentioned it, everyone goes, yes, I love that movie. Anytime that I ever hear anybody talk about the movie, they start up talking about it and they go, oh man, I love that movie. One of the greatest movies ever made. I effing love that movie. Ladies and gentlemen, without further beating around the bush, we will be talking about the Disney live action Halloween adventure that includes Bette Midler, Kathy and Jimmy, and Sarah Jessica Parker as the Sanderson sisters. Yes, we will be discussing Hocus Pocus. Oh my God, I am so excited about this one. It is legitimately one of my favorite movies of all time. Watched it every single year. I could watch it at any given time, by the way. Doesn't even have to be Halloween. It could be the middle of May and I could put it on and I will be happy as a pig rolling his own shit. I love that movie. I love the cast. I love the story. I love every, I love, by the way, and this is another thing. I'm going to take a second to mention this. I did not know what the fuck the Bechdel test was until I went to go watch Hocus Pocus at a theater in Miami where the group that was running it, I can't remember the name of it, but I know it was LGBTQ ran. And they were talking about how this movie, as well as other movies like The Craft, and I believe they might have mentioned Heathers, where they had uh, a powerful woman cast, and they weren't like women that are like like Sex in the City, where it's all about sex, and they're, they're not trying to sell themselves. It's more about women being powerful. And I didn't know, I would never even thought about it that way. I thought about it more as, this is an awesome fucking Halloween-themed movie where it's set in Halloween. It's about kids. It's about witches. It's a great story. You have Bette Midler. You have Sarah Jessica Parker. You have Kathy and Jimmy. You have Thora Birch. You have so much in this movie. <laughs> and I'm sorry that I'm hyped up so much about it. But this is legit. Like, how people sit there every Halloween and watch Halloween and Friday the 13th. Me, it was two movies. Nightmare Before Christmas and Hocus Pocus. Which, ironically, if I'm not mistaken, they both came out the same year, 1993. If not around the same time. I know that for sure. 93, 94. But we will discuss Hocus Pocus on the next episode. I will be bringing my wife back in for that one. Like I said, she wasn't a big fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And I told her, hey, babe, you want to be in on that one? She goes, nah, I'll take a pass. <laughs> and you know what? She works really hard. I'll let her take a pass every once in a while. 
But thank you again so much, Nostalgers. Do not fret. The Nostalgic Duo will be back again, like I said, for Hocus Pocus. I hope you'll be back for that one, because if you are anything like me, you have to be a fan of that movie, and you have to come back and listen to it, because we are going to discuss Hocus Pocus. Thank you again so much. I have been your host, Fernando Lau. You can find me on Facebook, Fernando Lau, spelled just as it sounds. Think of the ABBA hit single and the country below India. That's correct. I have my own country. That's my flex. You can also look up my wife. Even though she wasn't on this episode, please still go look for her. That is my queen. Anybody that can treat her like royalty is a best friend to me. So please go find her. Aja spelled A-J-A, Lau the same way as before. My Instagram is at Amnesia's Enemy, all together is one word, no space, no hyphens, no underscores, no period, no nothing, all together is one word, because I'm unforgettable, how clever am I, right? Then we're going to be talking about as well, my Twitter page, at hi to everyone, hi spelled H-I-G-H, because I am friendly, and again, so fucking clever. Uh, Don't forget also, we are on Spotify. You might be listening to us on Spotify right now, but don't forget to look for us at Now That's Nostalgic. We are there. We have that little purple VHS that says our name right there. Can't miss it. And for the honor of my wife, I will give you her Instagram and Twitter name, which as she says on the Twitters and the Instas, it is the same name. I make you work twice as hard. She makes you work at half the pace. How wonderful is my wife? Her names on both Insta and the Twitters are BabyDiva79. That's B-A-B-Y-D-I-V-A-7-9. Thank you again so, so very much for listening to our podcast. I have so much of a blast with this. My wife enjoys it so much as well. We share so many laughs. We talk about so much stupid shit. And she starts to understand me in a different way. Because these movies, she's starting to see me and going, huh, that's where you get that from. That's where you get that from. Like I say, cool in the gang, just like Sam Jackson and Pulp Fiction, which I have referenced in that podcast episode. Thank you very much. But nevertheless, thank you again for joining us. We do appreciate you listening to us, our rants, our reviews, our stupid shit that we think of on the fly. We hope you continue to enjoy our podcast. We hope you do come back again, and we hope that you guys are staying safe and that you have a great day. Please like, rate, review us, subscribe to us, tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody that you think that could use a laugh, that could hear two stupid idiots just talking about movies, TV shows, comic books, sci-fi, whatever the fuck we discuss. And if you know anybody that might be into the same movies as us, please give them a listen. Thank you so much again from my wife, Aja, and I. We are now that's nostalgic. Have yourselves a great day.